Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. doing? I hope you've been asked that recently, and I hope that you have asked that of others lately too. It's so good to see your comments coming up. So why don't you um, share an emoji right now maybe of how you're feeling today? That would be good to see. Oh, Edward's playing his drums. Great to see on Facebook there. Well, let's pray. And then as Steve and Angie have just shared, we're going to be jumping straight into this series. We're in Sermon on the Mount. So let's pray. Jesus, I pray today For every home, for every person, for um, every person, whether they might be in a prison or in the home right now, Lord, I I pray today that we would hear your voice. Give us hearts, Lord, to receive what you're wanting to say to us. And I pray today would be significant, Lord, in bringing freedom and breakthrough in the area we're looking at today. Thank you, God, that you are good and we can be in your presence today. Amen and amen. So... Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount. Let's recap what Jesus has said and what we've been looking at the last few weeks. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And today, verse 9 in Matthew 5, we're going to be looking at, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And um, this is the only place that word peacemakers or peacekeepers can be found in the entire Bible. And the original Greek for peacekeepers, it means both to make and to do. So God makes peace and we cannot do peace without him. And I don't know about you, but in the year 2020, in the final weeks we have left of this year, we could all do with a little bit more peace in our lives, I think. And so peacemaking is a divine work. See, peace equals reconciliation. And Jesus is the author of peace and reconciliation. And I don't think it's surprising, therefore, when Jesus talks about blessed are the peacemakers, that he says, you know, um, the blessing almost attached to peacemaking is being called children, sons and daughters of God. For when we are peacemaking, we are being like our Father in heaven. And today I want to look at three areas where to be a peacekeeper or a peacemaker, I think we have to address these three areas. Firstly, we have to seek to have peace with ourselves, peace with self. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I don't think it's surprising we need to look at our heart first, not someone else's, not anyone else. Let's look at our heart. So peace with self and I didn't realize, to be honest with you, until the first UK lockdown here, what high expectations I placed on myself. 
Did anyone else maybe not bake much in the first lockdown? I saw a lot of banana bread and, and stuff, but I actually... Um, I only baked one thing a few times. I tried to bake scones. And I tried every variety there is of baking powder. I went to all the different like, types of baking powder I could get my hands on, even though it was sparse, wasn't it, in that first lockdown. But I went and I tried, and I tried to make these scones, but every time I made them, they came out like biscuits. <laughs> they came out like those Welsh cakes. Like, they just would not rise. And I tried a few times. There was one time where they rose to like maybe 10 millimeters, like hardly anything, but they rose a bit. And I was like, yes, this is going to be the one. It's going to be great. And I took them out of the oven, and they actually f f fell all over our kitchen floor. And Josh found me with Caleb, our two-year-old, and almost in tears, me, not Caleb, at the, the foot of these scones on the floor. So I did not bake a lot during the first UK lockdown. Did anyone else maybe not clear a single kitchen cupboard or um, Welsh cakes? Oh, I love that on YouTube. There's a bit of love for Welsh cakes just there. They weren't good, though. Mine were like almost Welsh cakes, but like stale. Yeah, not good. Anyone else maybe not clear out your wardrobe? Anyone else maybe not work out as much as they should? Anyone else bicker maybe quite a bit in their house? Or anyone else maybe... Um, Maybe just actually not even go a whole week without being in tears. Anyone else feel so overwhelmed with grief and the injustice of our broken world? Anyone else maybe trying to support everybody else, but not even taking 10 minutes to check in with yourself? That was me, probably, for a good two weeks at the start of our first UK lockdown. We were both, Josh and I, working, and we had no childcare, and we were just trying to stay on top of everything. And I'd find myself, most evenings, getting to the end of the day and thinking, oh, I should have put a washing in, or I should have spoken to X person today at work on Zoom, or, or whatever, or, oh, I should have played more with Caleb today, or I should have cleared out that kitchen cupboard like I saw so-and-so do on my social media. I don't know, but I just kept saying, should, should, should. And one day, Josh called me out on it, and he said, why should you? Why should you? And I thought, oh yeah, why, why should I? Because God had not put those expectations on me. My work hadn't put those expectations on me. My family certainly hadn't. And so I was like, where is this pressure coming from? And the pressure was only pressure in that I was putting on myself. I had to ban the word should. I had to ban it because for me to be a peacemaker with myself in that season, I had to check where are the unrealistic expectations that I'm putting on myself that actually are leading to me beating myself up. So what about you today? What pressure have you got on yourself that actually only you have put on yourself? Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's be those that personally try to live in a place of overflow of those fruits of the Spirit of God in our lives. And I felt today, maybe this was a word for some people, that for you, maybe when you see certain people, you feel guilty. And for some people, I really felt that actually today's a day that you, to have peace with yourself, you're going to need to forgive yourself. It's hard to forgive others sometimes, isn't it? But I tell you, sometimes it's way, way harder to forgive yourself. So ask yourself, is there anywhere you need to forgive yourself today? Secondly, to be a peacemaker, we must have peace with others. Peace with others. And I'm someone who 
I don't mind conflict, I don't mind you disagreeing with me and me with you, as long as I know we're working towards common goals. And I think for me, I, um, I think some of the best solutions and things that I've found have been through healthy conflict. And so I don't think conflict is necessarily a negative. In fact, Jesus spoke up, didn't he? When he disagreed, he didn't hold back, he spoke up. In Matthew 22, there were people saying, resurrection's not possible, and I love this. Verse 29, Jesus answered them, you are wrong. I know since knowing Jesus, he's probably said that to me a few times, but 29, he goes, you are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. See, Jesus was not afraid of healthy conflict. And conflict with others did not rob him of any sense of peace that he had. See, we all know that there are healthy and unhealthy ways to respond to conflict, and each of us will respond differently. We can respond through maybe withdrawing or giving in or forcing something or, or compromising, but we can also respond through cooperating. And I propose today that cooperating is kind of, it holds the highest chance of promise of keeping our peace with others. It looks like sitting down, discussing, and finding common ground, cooperating. Peace with others does not and will not ever equal pushover. And I felt challenged as I was putting pen on paper for this message to say, peace with others is not the same thing as people-pleasing. Because sometimes from the outside, peacemakers and people pleasers can look a bit similar, but the motives are so different. Motives are different, and I actually think they're in fact opposite. They are not the same at all. So to be a, a people pleaser, it looks like I'm going to put a lot of energy into impressing people. I'm going to care what you think, but to be a Peacemaker, it looks like actually I'm going to live out from my values, from my convictions, and I'm not going to be um, swayed by popularity. And to be at peace almost with people, you know, we will never find that peace if we are looking for approval from others. We get our approval from heaven as children of the Most High God. And to be a people pleaser, might look like, I'm not going to tell you when I'm feeling hurt. I'm not going to tell you when I feel offended because I don't want to maybe hurt your feelings and don't want to get into that. Whereas to be a peacemaker, you actually have to go to people directly and say, actually, I know that neither me or you will grow and move forward unless we sit down and we do some of that cooperating and just get to the bottom of it. Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And we need each other to rub off those sharp edges, don't we? We all have them. Praise the Lord. None of us are perfect. We need each other. Jesus talks a little bit about how to do it. He says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they won't listen, take one or two others along. And you know, sometimes when we slip into people pleasing over here, we can go to everyone else about that hurt and that offense, but we don't go direct to the person that has maybe caused it or we've, we've gotten a bit of conflict with. And that is not what Jesus tells us to do. Thirdly, to be a, a people pleaser, it says, I'm going to say yes to a lot. And it's great to be yes people, but I'm going to say yes even when I know it's a detriment to maybe my family or to serving in my church and, and putting Jesus first. I know that I haven't got the capacity or the availability to deliver, but I'm going to keep saying yes. Whereas to be a peacemaker, it actually looks like telling the truth. 
I love Brené Brown. She's a great author if you've not read her. And she talks about clear is kind. And sometimes to be a peacemaker, it looks like saying, actually, I haven't got time to get to that today. Or I need to check my diary before I commit to you today. And so where this week do you maybe need to go and think, am I living in line with my core values and convictions? Or maybe for you, there's a conversation that you know you need to have with someone, but you've been putting off having it. They're never fun, but the outcome is always freeing. Or maybe for some people, you need to actually today say no to some things so you can say yes to some other things. Maybe today you're listening to my voice from a, a prison or a place of having little peace with others, or maybe you just hate conflict. Let me talk to you for a second, because I, I just want to tell you and remind you, even when you've put on a brave face, you know, your offense leaks. Our offense always leaks. 2 Corinthians 8:10 in the message paraphrase, it says the heart regulates the hands. And we must be those that go to God with issues of our heart before anyone else, because we can't be those that allow others to rob us of our peace. And lastly, to be a peacemaker, we must have peace with God. Jesus came to give peace. And I remember for me hearing a, um, a really special, important Bible verse for the first time. And I was sat in a Cambridge hospital. I was age 17. I'd given my life to Jesus just um, two months before, I think. So I was a brand new Christian. And um, my mum was very sick in the hospital. She was above us on a, a life support in ICU, fighting for her life. She'd been there all week. All this was happening just six months after I'd lost my dad suddenly. And I remember sitting in this Costa coffee shop and Pastor Steve and Angie came because they came. Um, they don't know me a couple months, but they said, I'm going to come. We're going to pray for your mum in faith. And I remember sitting there and thinking, you know, I, I have never had so much lack of control. I'm a bit of a control freak, I, I admit it, but I had never had such lack of control. And I'd been living at that hospital all week and waiting for any kind of response from my mum. Where was God, I kind of thought? Where was this maybe miracle-working Jesus that I've been reading about in my Bible? Where was he? And I probably feel, like to be honest, some of you feel right now, I certainly didn't have peace with God. I actually felt abandoned by my father in heaven and I didn't see the bigger picture of a big breakthrough that was coming off a miracle. And as I sat across from Steve, he shared with me a verse that can be found in Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not always know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. He said, even though I didn't have the words to articulate even how I was feeling, let alone pray anymore, I'd spent so long in that hospital chapel on my knees and I I'd kind of didn't have any more words. He said, God knew. And I felt in that moment a peace with God that truly surpassed all my understanding. In my stillness, I felt a... I don't get it, but I do know you, God. And this week, I've been listening to a song, 
And every time I've listened to this song, I've cried. I will try not to cry now because I've got makeup on today. (laughs) But I've been listening to this song, and every time I've listened, I've just been in tears. And the band here who kindly prepared it so that we can enjoy it in a second, they um, rehearsed it this week, and they sense actually there is something profound that's going to happen in this moment. And so right now, before I get back up and and wrap this up, we are just going to take a minute for this song to be sung over you. And let it minister to your soul. Let it maybe ask God in this moment, are there areas of my life where I've been robbed of my peace? Where, Jesus, do I need peace today? And just let the words sing over you right now. Let it, just in our stillness, I believe God's going to bring freedom right now. I believe he's going to do a breakthrough work. So let's be expectant. And hey, if you've got kids in the room right now, kids, close your eyes. Listen for what God is saying to you right now too. Yeah. 
later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And after they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose, and with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat, it was all but swamped. But Jesus was sleeping calmly in the stern, resting on a cushion. And so they shook him awake, and they said, do you not even care that we are all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm, and he shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and they said to one another, who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? Hush, calm down. Where today are you not hushed? Calm down. Where today, maybe for you, are you not fully surrendered and therefore not fully living in the abundance of peace that was bought for you and I? See, oceans rise and thunders roar and storms come, but we know a God who calms the raging sea. And there is a broken world church on our doorstep, and they need right now a church to rise up and soar above it all. For if we are not those as the people that know the author of peace, Jesus Christ, how on earth is there any hope for our world? Jesus said, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Trust his voice. Let his voice be the loudest voice this month in 2020 and the years to come that you are listening to, louder than your own voice, louder than the voice of the news and social media, louder even than the voice of the government, louder than our need for approval, louder than our lack of understanding, louder our anger if the injustices of this broken world. Hush, calm down. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Peace had a cost. Peace was bought for us by the blood shed on a cross by Jesus Christ. Jesus made peace between God and humanity. Colossians 1.20, it says, Through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed for us on a cross. Peace was more costly than you or I will ever know. And we get to choose today how much peace we're gonna live in. And today we're gonna to have a, a bit of extended worship, but before we do that, I wanna give an opportunity right now, maybe for you, you have never lived in relationship with Jesus, and today you wanna to say, I, I just desperately need to know this guy who gives peace, who's already bought peace for you. And maybe you wanna to say today, I wanna to become a Christian for the first time, or maybe for some people, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, You've known Jesus your whole life for years, maybe. But you've never fully lived in peace. Maybe as these guys sung over us so beautifully just a moment ago, you realize there are whole big areas in your life where you have not surrendered over to Jesus Christ and therefore not living in the peace that he's bought for you. 
Well, I wanna give an opportunity now to both people to say, I'm gonna come in fully, Jesus. I'm gonna give my everything. And I'm gonna be a part of this, this church that's gonna soar God on earth so that others may know you. Let's pray right now, wherever you're joining from. Jesus Christ, thank you that because you died on a cross 2,000 years ago, I can live in total peace today. Today I choose to surrender my whole life over to you, the bits seen and the bits that, that no one else sees. Forgive any wrongdoing, Lord, in me, and I thank you that you love me and you accept me just as I am, and today I make the decision to come into relationship with you, to be a follower of Jesus and, and a child, Lord, now of the one true God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Make sure you let someone know if you prayed that prayer today. Best decision ever. And right now we're gonna have a time of worship because we, we felt, come on, let's, let's just live in the abundance of who he is today. Let's sing out and I'd encourage you right now, get off of your sofa, get up off your bed, get up, raise your arms to heaven and let's live in a place of Jesus, we are grateful. We are grateful for what we get to be a part of. We are grateful even to be in your presence right now. We are grateful that we can gather in this moment, even though we are not gathered physically right now, praise is going up to heaven in our togetherness. So let's declare church with one voice. Thank you for listening to this podcast we pray it's been a blessing to you why not share it with your friends and family through social media if you're not on the regular podcast list then why don't you subscribe thank you especially to those that give if you want to give to this ministry you can go to our website thec3.uk slash giving and get involved god bless you